in a series uh, through the book of Psalms, and we're not going to address them all, but we're kind of jumping around a little. And the Psalms are interesting because they really hit a range of emotions. And not that I don't ponder every week, but I find myself in this series studying and looking at the Psalm and then kind of just processing and thinking about it. And what does that mean? Because there, there's some deep things in here, and they, they really cause us to reflect inwardly. And Psalm 139 is where we're going today, which you've no, you didn't figure out. Uh, sometimes, I don't know what they're going to put up on the screens here. Uh, but Psalm 139 is interesting. And some of you are familiar with the psalm. When, you may not know you're familiar with the psalm, but when you get in there, you'll go, oh yeah, I know that verse. Uh, it's interesting because it really kind of looks at some big doctrines, which, you know, are like $20 words, $5 words, <laughs> whatever your budget is for words. But omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, it, it, it sort of hits those, those big things, but, but it, it's still really intensely personal at the same time. So don't look, I'm not going to discuss the, the, big name, the big words, the, 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 the multi, I'm, I'm going to go for the 25 cent ones, the two bit ones. But uh, um, basically our theology is what we believe about God, but theology isn't just like dusty old books that I enjoy, you know, like I, I enjoy a good day in the library. Anyone love that smell? Like you, I mean, a Kindle's great, uh, you know, a tablet's great, because I carry more books on this than, you know, and I love it when I travel, go someplace, I've always got books, I got it on my phone too, but you know, there's something that, those of us who are like a little older maybe, the smell of a good library book, some of you are like, no, some of you are like, yes, I, I for me, you know, someone asked me once what my hobbies are, I'm like, I like to hunt, um, I, I, you know, shoot things, that's fun. I, I like to bike, I like to work out, and then I like to sit in the library. So I'm sort of uncomfortable in a variety of situations. For me, a fun day is all day in a library. Can I get an amen from the book people? No, you're not going to say much because you're quiet. <laughs> you're quiet. Anyway, uh, you know, it's not just old dusty. It's really, when we look at it, it's this highly intensely personal. So we're going to look at Psalm 139 and how thoroughly God knows us and yet loves us. Um, and, and so in Psalm 139, uh, uh, which I, I didn't get out to read, I'm gonna, we're just going to go through verse by verse this week. It says, Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, I, how many people really know you? I mean, there's, there's like knowing parts. Of, like, I'm the, I'm the kind of person, I know a lot of people. Like, I, you know, I have a lot of friends on Facebook, but I don't know all of them, right? And they don't know all of me. Although one of them did call me at 4.39 in the morning, and I have to figure out how to stop Messenger from, like, allowing people to call you. It, it wasn't you this time. She once called me at... We had, we had a sunrise service, and she called at 4 a.m. because she couldn't find the thing. And I'm like, well, it's not till 6, so it's good. But just keep driving. You'll find it. Um, go east towards the sun. Stop when you see it. Uh, <laughs> you know, but how many people, not, not the Facebook you, maybe, maybe not the Instagram you, not just the best of you. And there's also people who kind of know the worst of us, right? We have those moments where life, like we're not doing too well and people see us and that's when they meet you and you're like, yeah, that's not what I want them to remember. And then you awkwardly run into them because in it's a small town. Uh, but uh, not just the work you, because you know, we're different sometimes at work, not, not, just, not just the fun you, not just the church you, because sometimes we can, if we're honest, kind of put on a face when we're here at church, right? 
Not here, but I mean other, other places, you know. Um, anyway. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it's funny because you ever have somebody just sort of unload on you, tell you all their junk every day? <laughs> oh, some of you do it professionally, so yeah. It's, <laughs> don't worry. There's like some sort of privilege there. She can't tell you everything. Uh, but, you know, what do you do? Do you run? <laughs> do, you, do you listen and wait to gossip later? Uh, you know, it's interesting because... And my job, my vocation is interesting because sometimes people come and they sit down in my office or they meet me. It doesn't matter. If they just find out what I do, I learn a whole lot about people in a, in a few seconds. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to write a book. It might be a bestseller, and you, some of you would be in it. But <laughs> uh, don't worry. If you come to my office, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody. But, you know, it, there's, when, when sometimes when someone knows, if you know, knows everything about you, it might be scary for them, right? Like, they're not sure, like, every part of that is something you should know. Uh, but here's the thing. God knows our inmost thoughts. He knows our inner selves, and yet he loves us. Uh, you know, you, you meet a new friend, and everyone, anyone meets somebody, they're like, oh, this is a pretty cool person. Then you spend some time with them, and you're like, I want to strangle them. <laughs> some of you are thinking about the knee right now. Uh, some of you are thinking about your spouse. <laughs> you know, but it's... You know, we, sometimes you get to know people, and you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, and so God knows you, but here's the thing. Even in the midst of everything, our junk, our good, our bad, God knows us, and, and he loves us. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I'm going to mention the tornado for week, you know, 52 or something. Uh, if you don't know it, and you haven't been listening, but I've, I've been hit. We got hit by a tornado last year, and it's funny because I know most of you, it was like a week or two, and you were like, oh, that's awful, awful, Jeff. Everybody showed up at the house. It was great. Uh, you know, actually, you know, Andy came over. I showed him some pictures the other day. I mean, it was like, it's kind of crazy to have gone to my house before and after, but so we're still cleaning up. And, and so for me, it, it's, it's sort of this fresh memory because every day I'm like dealing with, <laughs> dealing with this tornado stuff. Uh, but it, one of the interesting things that's happened is um, our attic got speared by a tree or two or giant branches of we're not even sure everything was all mixed up and, and then like it, it got hit in a bunch of ways and so i had we had a skylight have before you know it was like that nice blue tint from the blue tarp at night it was great it was lovely i'm sure my air conditioning bills were outrageous at the time but uh but because of that we had to like take everything out of the attic and so it's been downstairs and after we re-roofed and everything um we're slowly bringing things out and so we're we're having to sort through some of the stuff, just the boxes got kind of spread out everywhere, so everything's in piles, and we shove them back in tubs and stuff. And so we're going through it all, but you know what the, co one of the cool things is, going through all this stuff, it's finding old pictures. Like, it's, uh, yeah, I, some of you saw the one, I found my YID card from when I was <laughs> in high school, and I don't think they'll accept it at the Y. Can you ask them? Well, like, so, you, you're not there now, okay. <laughs> Used to, used to do spin class there. I just I didn't go to enough spin classes. But, uh, you know, if you go to the Y, you know, they're not going to accept the car, but I had that big puffy hair. And then we're finding, like, pictures of Josh and Elle when they were, like, little babies and stuff. And you're like, oh, I remember that. And, and I still have that shirt, and, you know, and things like that. But, <laughs> you know, uh, we kind of, we get to relive these memories. And, you know, here's the thing. You know, we put them up on the fridge. But God doesn't need to take pictures to remember. You know, like, I forget stuff. That's why I like pictures. It was like before digital, like phones that could take all kinds of pictures. So some of them are actually like printed pictures and, and there's digital ones, but it's like, God doesn't need to take pictures. God remembers everything. He knows everything. And here's the thing. 
despite the good and the bad, God still would put your picture up on the fridge. Because, you know, we're not going to, we don't take pictures of the bad stuff, generally. If you do, that's weird. Uh, (laughs) God would put them on the fridge. So verse 2, you know when I sit down or when I stand up, you know my thoughts when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. (laughs) You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, and if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there my, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but in the darkness I cannot hide from you. To the, the night... <laughs> Uh, to you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You know, you ever play hide and seek? Like those, those are great memories. I still like, you know, when our kids were little, we would play hide and seek around the house. You know, it did, and it didn't matter where. We'd always find them. They were kind of easy to find. Uh, but we would like, we had all kinds of cool places we would manage to contort ourselves and get into. And it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and some of you know, I, uh, we, we lived in Maine for a while, and we would play hide and seek at L.L. Bean because they're open 24-7, and so we would bring a bunch of teenagers there at like 10 o'clock at night and play hide-and-seek, and I'm sure they loved us, and it, and it was great, because I, I, I still vividly remember I was hiding in this tent down in the camping section, because they had all these tents set up, and like, I, would, I hid in the back of this large tent, and I was just kind of sitting there, and everyone's looking for me, and I could hear them out there, and then people are just looking at the tent, and they come in, and they like see me, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, like it was my tent, like... <laughs> But they were kind of surprised. But, you know, you, you, you can't go anywhere and escape God. You can't play hide-and-seek from him. And, th- and that's what the psalmist is kind of in a, in, a, in a creative way expressing, that, you know, you can't go anywhere and not be seen by God. God God's there. Um, you know, I remember, um, I remember I was, uh, one of the other things I found was, like, my lifeguard certification. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I used to be a lifeguard because I thought, man, here's a great job. I'm tired of... I think I got it this, I'd been moving furniture, and uh, actually it was funny because the two of us had moved furniture and ended up going to the lifeguarding class, and I think after a summer of moving furniture, and I know Andy's in this room, it's like, we're like, okay, I do, I do not want to do this again, it was, it was fun, but I, I'd like to sit by a pool, you know, maybe sip something cool, and it was cool because I got my lifeguard certification, and I was sitting there, and basically my job, and even yesterday, some of us, we, we, uh, we did some cool stuff, and then we landed in a pool yesterday uh, in, on purpose, and it, so as we're sitting in the pool, uh, you know, some of you had, had obviously seen my post because I had a little saying I said, which was, off the ladder, off the rope, stop running, and I did that like constantly all day long, and here's the thing, as a lifeguard, as, you know, 18-year-old Jeff, people actually listen to me, you know why? They couldn't escape my domain, <laughs> the tiny little pool, and I had authority, right? Because I didn't have any authority outside of there. If you're like running on the sidewalk, I can't, I couldn't do anything. If you're like misbehaving with your mom, I didn't have any authority, but I had, I had my authority in my little place, you know, my little pool, and so, you know, people obeyed because I had authority. It'd be futile to run away, right? Like, where are you going to go? It was a small, it was a small apartment pool. It was like, it was, my whole domain was smaller than this sanctuary, and it included a pool. So, I mean, you're not talking a, a great deal of space, but it's futile to run away, because I can catch you. I may not run fast anymore, but I used to. I, I got field day ribbons, I'll show you. Uh, 
Uh, it's other things I found. Anyway, um, it's a Jonah. If you know this, anyone know the story of Jonah? We, we did a class on it. I preached a sermon on it a few years ago. Some of you were here during that, that series. We did minor prophets, you know, the ones that did mining. No, it was the, 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 the shorter, smaller prophetic books. I love them. I would love to do them again. Uh, I, I learn something every time I read them. I was just thinking the other day about Obadiah, as I'm sure most of you were. Uh, but but the, the, the story of Jonah, if you know it, you know, we, we kind of know, and Chris would know because she's teaching Sunday school, and all the kids kind of ran off, but, you know, you teach, like, Jonah and the whale, you know. Ah, actually says great fish, but that, I mean, that's a, won't split hairs there <laughs> or some things. But if you know the story, uh, Jonah, uh, Jonah 1, uh, starting verse 1, says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the, the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. So... Uh, Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, he's supposed to go, and some of you know geography. We know a little bit about the Middle East now because some of us have been to the Middle East. Some of us have been in the military and in the Middle East. But, okay, if you, if you don't know, I'm trying to think which way you're looking. Yep, okay. So I'm trying to do it backwards because sometimes I do it and then it's like, okay. Like, here, here, here's Israel. He's in Joppa, seaport. Here's, um, you know, Nineveh. So think from, like, kind of think Israel to, like, Iraq. It's not, it's not a very, I mean, I think it's maybe 700 miles off the top of my head. I'm not sure. But do you know where Tarshish is? Like, over by uh, the bottom of Spain, kind of North Africa. Like, it's, and it's a lot further journey at that, too. It, you know, he was like, they had to go an inch this way. It was like six or seven inches that way. Like, if you're looking at a map, I don't know. Uh, but it's this big thing. And so, you know, if you're geographically challenged, it, it's, a big, it's a big difference. And so he's trying to escape God. Now, it sounds so crazy, doesn't it? Like, you're thinking, like, like God's not going to know you're on the boat. <laughs> like, you're a prophet. <laughs> Just saying. But here's the thing. This is true with most biblical narratives. You, you read something and you're like, man, they're so dumb. Right? Let's admit it. Like, do you ever read like what people do? Like, they're, they're leaving the, the land of Egypt and they're like, oh, we had, at least we had food there. You were slaves. <laughs> you got freedom. You know, it's constantly grumbling and you're like, ah, but then you find yourself grumbling. A lot of times God calls us to do things and we kind of run from him. God calls us not to live in certain ways, but we do. And then we kind of think we can hide it. Like, flip off the lights. Maybe God won't see. <laughs> you know, we, we do a lot of things. Uh, and, and so David sort of takes this different approach. Whereas Jonah runs, David's like, hey, I own up to it, God. I, I, can't, I can't outrun you. You're, you're here. You're going to know. I mean, we talked about two weeks ago, uh, you know, David's sin with Bathsheba. He tried to hide it. Thought he hid it. Found out. God knew, because he sent someone to him, uh, you know, had to deal with that. Uh, and so you can read that, or not read that, you can read that if you want. You can go back uh, a couple weeks. It says, verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. This is going to sound familiar to, to some of you. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was being woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, this is like 
I call them plaque verses or Instagram verses because remember there were Christian bookstores? Like, I don't think there are anywhere near here anymore. I remember, I, <laughs> I remember when, when I came to Christ, I was like, oh, there's a Christian bookstore. I didn't even know what this thing was. Like, it was like, and then you go to the Christian bookstore and um, if you didn't know, it, it's like you had to act churchy and nice. Like, you, like you, even as you got near it, you're like making sure you don't cut off anybody in the parking lot because you don't know if they're going in there too or the Hallmark store because it was out on Route 8. And I, I remember like, I remember running into this guy. I was like, you're looking at Bibles. You're like, hi, hi. Everyone smiles because you're like, you're, you're in, you know, Bible land. I don't know. <laughs> and so I, remember, I remember this guy uh, who had known me in, in high school. He's like, he looked at me, saw me there. He goes, he looks at me, he goes, Jeff, what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> That was a whole other conversation. <laughs> we became good friends later. Uh, but he was someone who knew me <laughs> too well. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, if you go into the Bible bookstore, if you go into those things, uh, maybe there's one in, I, I think there's still some in other states. I don't even know of it. And there may be, is it mustard? Anyway, someone may know. Someone, find some Bible bookstores. If you know one online, post it. But, but, you know, you go in there, and there's, like, plaques. You can buy the plaques. And, you know, you buy the mug. You could buy the t-shirt. This would be the Instagram post verse. You know, th this is one that, that maybe we've heard a bunch of times. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of cool because it really is, it does speak to something amazing because the body is this amazing thing. Now, my degree is in chemistry, which helps me so much in pastoring, but, you know, not biology. But, but if, if those of you who, you know, did more biology, it's like the body's a pretty cool thing. In general, like, like I... You know, a couple weeks ago, you may have noticed I had a big bandage on my finger for a while. I tried to, like, make it skin color because I didn't want to talk about what happened. And I often come in with something that's damaged, hurt, or cut. <laughs> you know that. And, like, if I wear shorts, people notice my legs, but not, you know, my ultra-definedness and my calf muscles that I've been working out. or my, my You know, they, they notice, what the heck has happened to you? Because i got scars all over my body. Now, it's, they've got scars, but the cool thing is your body heals, right? Like, I mean, you damage it. Sometimes you've got to go to Anna and have her stretch it and twist it. You, I do have elbow problems I can help me with later. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, it kind of heals. It does its own thing. It, it, the body, it really is this amazing thing. And when it's not working, you really notice. But a lot of times, we don't even notice how wonderful it is. But, but it's this really cool way that we're made. And when our body's working like it should, it's amazing. And then the cool thing is we have DNA. And I am fascinated by DNA. You know, if you want to discuss mitochondrial DNA and all kinds, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, I love this stuff. And I have a friend who does it, like, on base, like, professionally. And, you know, we have these, like, really intricate discussions about stuff. I, I'm just fascinated by it. Because God sort of gave us the, the genes to, and, and the mechanisms to reproduce and do it. It's kind of cool. But, it, you know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> you know, and science, I mean, I love science. People always think faith and science are, like, two different things. And they are, but they're not. Like, they're not, like, you can't, like, have one at the exclusion of the other. Because I love science. Science kind of teaches us about the mechanisms. But really, faith kind of gives us the why and, and what it all means. And, and so for me, they're not two different things. They're, they're sort of, come, they come together. Anyway, so the body is this amazing thing. Uh, it's this amazing mystery. Even though we understand some of the mechanisms, it's still, we need faith to figure it out. And so God creates us. He watches over all that. And then there's this just, you know, we're all created different and beautiful, and it's this wonderful thing, and that's what David's, you know, thinking about. Um, I saw this lady walking in the, uh, in Walmart down at the beach, and um, it's a very typical parent scene for those of you who have kids. Like, two kids are talking to her, and 
like, they're kind of both talking about different things across the mom. And if you're a kid and do that, you're going to annoy your mom. I'm just saying. It's going to happen. And, and she was obviously not entirely happy. Denise was there. It was funny to us because we've been there so often. Uh, I love my kids. But, um, you know, and then it's funny because then the husband is, like, walking next to her. And so there's three dudes walking, mom, very obviously frustrated. And she's wearing this shirt. And she goes, it says, like, I love all the dogs and, like, maybe two people. Your math for a second. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, which of the three of the men walking with you right now, your two kids and your husband, do you not like? <laughs> like I would have corrected that and gotten like, and three people at least, at least you know, or, or maybe that's on purpose. You know, you have, they have to fight each day, see who their favorite is. But um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I get it because I, I love dogs. I, I absolutely. We have a dog, um, Loki. If you haven't met him, he's crazy which some of you might get from his name, but I love him. So, you know, some of you met him yesterday. He, he's, you know, he's a work in progress. He, he was adopted. He, uh, well, none, we obviously didn't have our own dogs, um, but, you know, but, you know, he, had, he has a history that was rough, so we're, we're dealing with, you know, uh, kind of getting him uh, <laughs> to trust everybody and everything, uh, but not too much, like enough that I, I do want to hear when you're coming to my house late at night. Anyway, um, but, you know, I, I, love, I love dogs. Even, like, dogs are fascinating because they're all different, right? Like, there's, like, there's big dogs, there's little dogs. I love them all. You know, I, I, I love giant dogs with huge heads. I do. But then there's, like, this lady had this dog the other day at Walmart. I'm like, is that a stuffed toy or an actual dog? <laughs> you know, and she was carrying it with a little more care than she talked to her kids. But that's another, another conversation. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think that's awesome. I would love to. I, I, I kind of get the shirt. I, you know, I love all dogs because I, I really I, I love dogs. And, I, and there's just this diversity of them. And, and God's created us in diverse ways. You know, uh, we're, we're all unique, some of you more than others. But, you know, it's that, you know, God's created us in these different ways. And there, there's a beauty to it. You know, I, I work out a certain way. And if you know me, you know, I, well, I, I do CrossFit and I do uh, powerlifting. Uh, and people say bodybuilding, not the same thing. But if bodybuilding's your thing, awesome. Powerlifting's your thing, awesome. And sorry, even if cardio is your thing, awesome. <laughs> there's, there's a few of us. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it, you know, it's kind of cool because God just created us different ways. And so I don't get all like, because like, generally with CrossFit, you know, what's true about CrossFit? Anybody know? If you do CrossFit, you have to talk about it all the time. <laughs> and you, you have to do those pull-ups that look like you've been electrocuted. Uh, anyway, but, you know, but we can get, kind of get like, oh, my thing's the most awesome. But it really, we're all created in the image of God. We're all created differently, and there's this beauty in that. And Paul hits on this in 1 Corinthians when he talks about the diversity of gifts. We're all given different spiritual gifts, and it, it, it all kind of works together. And, and so we're fearfully and wonderfully made. There, there's this diversity in who we are, and, and, and there's this, this beauty in it, uh, you know, and, and God created us differently, and there's this beauty in that. Um, now, one of the reasons we can trust God with our whole life is God is omniscient. See, I threw that word in anyway, because I knew you wanted a big word for today. Uh, God is omniscient. He, he knows us because he made us. Now, uh, and raise the hands. Who knows, like, a little bit about construction? couple people okay i need help today for no i'm kidding <laughs> anyone know hvac because we'll go fix the hvac after this no but it, you know i i know a little bit about construction
construction. But, um, you know, Bob knows a lot more <laughs> about con uh, construction. And so, you know, it was, it, it's interesting. You might know construction. You might understand how a house is built. Because when you know it, you can kind of go into a house and you see things other people don't see. You know, and you understand, like, you know, what a load-bearing wall is. Sometimes you could tell it's a load-bearing wall without even testing it because you're like, look at the construction. You're like, yeah, that's going to be load-bearing. Please don't take that out uh, <laughs> without a lot of care. Now, when I'm in my garage, because, I mean, you know, what, we built a garage right before it got destroyed by a tornado. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it, it actually held because of some things. But I look at it, and some were the first the time the other day, yesterday, they walked in, they saw, like, my home gym. I, I, you could probably guess I built a home gym first, like, right? Like, before we even finished the garage, the gym was going up. <laughs> I, you know, I built a gym. I mean a garage. Uh, but, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, I love that stuff. But I love, I, I see things in there, and I understand how things are. I have this appreciation for it that probably the average person doesn't, right? They just go and go, oh, the garage. I'm thinking, look, we have built portal frames over here. These go 24 inches down. They're connected. And because I built it with Bob's help, you know, because we wanted it to stay up too, uh, you know, not, but we didn't just want to know it. We wanted to make sure it was good. And so I know that, that structure. I know it because I built it. And if God has made you, God knows you. He knows every part of you. And because he knows us, he, you know, when I stand in my garage, it means something to me. Like, I have, an, I, I'll admit, I have a little bit of an emotional attachment. I try not to be emotionally attached to possessions, because they're just stuff. You know, it's like, I, 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 when our house was kind of beat up by the tornado, see, it brought it back in. <laughs> you know, I, I had a friend who was like, oh my gosh, that must be horrible. I'm like, yeah, it's just stuff. You know, we had insurance. Like, they can rebuild it. But I, was, I have to admit, I was a little bit more on the stuff I built. You know, I'm a, you, you know not, that I don't, not that I trust in it, but I'm like, it, it, I get it. it so it's kind of, it's a sense of accomplishment. So it would have been a shame if it was all gone, but it was gone. It's gone. It's a thing. Uh, anyway, uh, as long as the people were okay, it was amazing. Nobody got hurt. Praise the Lord. Uh, but you know, it means things to me. And you know, you know, I, um, I do a little bit of mechanical stuff because I'm a dude and I tinker and everything. And I too have a few habits and hobbies. Uh, <laughs> and I like tools and you know, there's no better reason to buy a tool than if you need it to fix something. Uh, any, you know, some of, you, some of the wives are awkwardly looking at their husbands, although some of the husbands might be awkward looking at their wives. Maybe like tools, too. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, I've had, I have had, like, female friends who like to cut trees with me, so I'm just saying. Uh, you know, but, you know, sometimes I understand. Most of the time, I, I, you know, you go in, being a dude, like, they talk to you like you know. You know what I mean? Like, any, whenever, like, if you don't know cars, you're a dude. Just kind of act like you do. And I never try to like, wear a suit in to get my car fixed. I try to wear, like, you know, something manly looking. I don't know. Like, you know, because then when you're in, they kind of treat you differently. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, your flux capacitor's off two degrees. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. That happens, you know. Yeah. Reroute that or something. <laughs> you know, just repeat whatever they said and kind of act like you know what you're doing. Any, anyone ever been there? Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you're, there, there's things, the only really things that I know how to work on a car is things I've YouTubed a lot or things I've had go wrong. Like, if, if you have a 93 Chevy Blazer and an EGR valve problem, I'm your man. Get up with me. I will fix that thing because I've had enough of those problems. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, God, here's the, God, God knows all of us. Uh, all of us. Not, not this piece because he worked on that part once. Not, 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 not just your EGR valve. Uh, 
and some of you are EGR, extra grace required. But, you know, not, not just this, this little thing. God's, God knows us because he created us. He knows every bit of us, and yet he loves us. God knows us from the womb to the tomb, and he still goes to prepare us a room. Come on, I was thinking that all week. <laughs> Come on, that's good now. I'm, I'm rhyming. If, you, if you're going to... I had a friend when we lived in California. He said you're not really, um, he's like, are you, you know, I forget how he said it, but like, are you, are you even really preaching if you're not sweating? So like today I get to preach because it's hot up here. <laughs> Although it's a little cooler in the front. I'm just saying for those of you who you choose to dwell in the back. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm going to start taking pews out. Uh, and I'll put them in. No, anyway. Um, anyway, <laughs> you know, so, so God has, you know, he has plans for us. He has purpose. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11. Here's another one of those verses that gets on all kinds of plaques and stuff. And I'll be honest, in its original context, you don't want this verse. Because it's like talking about going off into exile and all kinds of stuff. We kind of grab a verse and we're like, that sounds good. It's like, hey, you're, heading, you're, you're about to get jacked up out of this country. Because <laughs> they used to come in, they'd like take over a country, and if they've been defiant, and they just pull everyone back to where they're going. Uh, not good stuff. Anyway, uh, it says, 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are uh, plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, and again, more in our original context than we might want, but the principle's right. God, God knows us, he loves us, he has plans for us. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, with, uh, which he has planned in advance, planned uh, for us long ago. So you try to do it by, by memory, and fortunately they, they got it up there first. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's plans and a purpose for us. God, God's made us, God's created us, he gives us things uh, to do. Verse 17 says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them, they outnumber the grains of the sand, and when I wake up, you're still with me. You know, how precious are your thoughts about me. Uh, you know, and I... <laughs> This is another dumb, like, clean up my attic story, because you're going to get a lot of them, because we spent a lot of time Friday cleaning up our attic. Uh, well, the contents of it, which are now in my living room, uh, in part. And, and so I was cleaning up, and I, I have what I call the tub of shame. It's, now you're like, what's in your tub of shame? No, but I, I have stuff that, there's, it's stupid, but I can't get rid of it. I, I can't get rid of that ID card from the Y from years ago. I don't know why I saved it. I didn't even know I had it, but like honestly, I put it in my tub of shame. My wife and I are each allowed one tub of shame, stuff that my kids, I, you know, I tell them when I die, you can burn this thing to the ground. I don't care. You get rid of everything in that tub. It doesn't mean it, but it, to me it means something. And so I found, now get, hold on, some of you are going to be excited about this. I found the original Greek and Hebrew flashcards I made myself in the 90s. And I almost ditched them. I, so yeah, it's about as boring as most of you probably think they are. But I almost ditched them, but I couldn't. Like, because I had so many good memories with them. Like, you know, like I would go to the gym and I would like rollerblade or I'd walk and I'd like read flashcards and I'd, I'd, I'd try to stop for traffic and stuff. Uh, you know, and, and I would go to the food court at the mall to study because, you know, I used, to, I used to go to the mall because there's all this stuff going around. It makes me focus. And I study where that's actually a useful type. I, like, I, I took these cards everywhere. I went to the gym. I'd like do a set, look at a card, do a set, 
look at a card. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so for me, it's like I started reading them, and I was going to get rid of them, and I, I did them so well. I, w- I was going to get rid of them, but I couldn't, so they went in my tub of shame. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, eventually, my kids can throw those out unless they get really into Greek or, he- or Hebrew. Uh, they're, not a, see, they're not as nice as the store-bought ones. I've even got the store-bought ones. I found them on sale one time. I got them. <laughs> you know, and they're like nice and crisp and you know, nice paper and everything. They probably got a digital version now. You might think it's stupid to save, right? Admit it. How many people think it's dumb that Jeff saves? You can admit it. You, you're, but they mean something to me because I made them. You know, kind of like you save art from your kids because they made it, right? It's not even good art. I've seen it on your fridge. <laughs> but it means something to you. It means something to you, you know, because you made it or because they made it. And that's the same thing. You know, uh, uh, God, God made us. He loves us because we're his. Um, and, and here's the thing. God doesn't need Google to know every thought in your head. You know, we were, <laughs> this is the theological discussions we have. You know, okay, well, God's not actually Googling your heart or Googling your thoughts. We were like, well, it's more like a control F find where God can find the thing. Anyway, some of you are computer geeks and got that. Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, we have interesting conversations in the morning. <laughs> but usually, the basic thing is God knows everything. He knows our faults. He knows our flaws. He knows, like, my, my, my cards are not the best cards. He knows that, but he loves us because we're his. Verse 19 says, Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Now, verse 22 is probably not on a mug. Maybe somewhere on Etsy. You know, but it's probably not on a mug at the Christian bookstore. Like, uh, you know, you're not going to go to Goodwill today and look through, sort through the plaques and mugs and stuff and find, oh, look, here it is. You know, honey, it's, yes, I hate them with total hatred. Your enemies are my enemies. Let's put that on the wall. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a verse in the Bible. And, and the point is, you know, uh, I, what, you know, does God want us to hate? Is, is that the point? Does God want us to hate people? No. But, 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 you know, <laughs> I, I think what David's trying to get at here is, you know, I want to separate myself from them. It's, it's about choosing God's way. You know, David has actual enemies. You know, he has, he has other people who want to, to, uh, to, to kill him, to take over. One of his own sons, you know, tries to take over. You read the book. There's all kinds of crazy stories in there. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's got actual physical enemies. Now, most of us are probably not like, like, digging a moat in our yard because our neighbor the next door is going to like you know come over at night and try to take over our property or anything anyone no the homeowner association doesn't allow that uh anyway uh, you know but but you know we do have other kind of enemies i'm going to read three scriptures quickly here it says for we're not ephesians 6 12 for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers of this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places Romans 8, 12, and 13 says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. 1 Peter 2, 11, uh, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. You know, we've, we've got the demonic. 
We've got our own desires. We've got worldly things that are our enemies. And our struggle is, is not that we, you know, it would be a bad thing to hate those, but you know, our struggle is often we invite our enemies to live with us. You know, we, we, and you're like, what? I never invited anybody to live with me. Yeah, but we turn on that TV. I'm not anti-TV, but man, sometimes we've got to ask ourselves. You know, we're like, I, I don't know how many people go, oh, I don't have time to read the Bible. I need to watch four hours of television. <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, we're like, I, I, I told you, I had a friend who was like, I don't watch television. We don't even have television in our house. They had the internet subscription. They watched everything over the internet instead. Not, <laughs> not quite what we're talking about. Now, I, I do, I, I like entertainment. I like, I like TV shows. You know, I'm not saying that. But we have to decide, you know, uh, is what we're watching starting to shape us too much? Do we need to, to kind of throw in something else, you know? Got right now, we got the chosen, we got all kinds of things we can watch. Um, uh, it, it, you know, big question is, does our understanding of a God cause us to hate and flee sin? It should. That's what David's talking about. Um, verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me uh, and know my anxious thoughts. I wonder if, like, the new tr newest translation says, Google me, O God. <laughs> I don't know, anyway. Search me. <laughs> Point out anything that, that in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Um, you know, we live in a funny world. Um, I, everybody, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people, like, they want to be famous, right? They want to be known. Like, how many people, like, like, I remember, you know, they're like, what do you want to do with your life? Remember that in, like, junior high school and everything? I didn't do too well at the tests because I thought everything was interesting. And uh, <laughs> I was like, they're like, yeah, it says here you, you, you'd like to, you know, study chemistry and refinish furniture. I'm like, yeah, they both sound really interesting. You know, I was, I, they thought I was just being an idiot. I mean, I was an idiot, but I wasn't doing it on purpose. Um, but, you know, I, you know I, there's like a whole new set of jobs now. Like, I want to be an influencer. Everyone's an influencer. I have nine followers. I influence. Well, not much, but you influence. Or, you know, we want to be a YouTuber or a TikToker. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, we want to be known. We want to be like, and, and we post all kinds of pictures. I see people go on vacation and they post pictures. I'm like, did you spend all your time on vacation trying to get that picture? Like, you're, you're on some, like, beautiful retreat with your, your husband or wife, uh, and you're, you're posting the pictures, and I'll bet you're, like, fighting right before you post that because, you know, it's, you're just working so hard to get that. And, you know, we do that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, where you know, I, I have friends who, like, always post pictures, and they're, like, baking cookies with their children and everything. <laughs> I, 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 we, we got a lot of babies in this section. I hope y'all, <laughs> you know, had those perfect picture Pinterest moments. It did not turn out like that with our kids, I'm just saying. Uh, but, you know, you know, we want to do all this stuff. But, see, our, our, our real life rarely measures up to our curated life, right? Because on, on social media, we kind of post the best of the best of the best, not the rest. <laughs> and so, you know, we, 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 a lot of us want to be known, but, but really, you know, do we just want the best of us known? See, God knows all of us. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly. A little Clint Eastwood there for you. Uh, and, and so he knows all these things. Most of us desire to be known, but we'd be nervous about being fully known. Now, the idea that God knows everything, everything about you, does that bring you comfort or fear? 
maybe a little in comfort, somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Um, back to verse 1, it says, you know, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. Uh, you know, this, the problem for David is the problem with us is, you know, uh, you know, we may want to avoid evil, but there's still some in us. Right? Like, there, there's still some stuff in there. Uh, the more we deny it, the longer it'll stay there. You know, there's some things in us that, that if we're honest to God, you don't have to be honest to me, you can lie to keep lying to me, but <laughs> that, you know, don't belong there and need to get out of there. I get a lot of splinters because I do a lot of woodworking and stuff, and a lot of times I'll either, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just, like, take a razor blade, cut it, and pull it out, um, but a lot of times you can't because it gets in there. But you know what happens if I get a deep splinter and I can't get it out? What? I asked Denise, get it for me. Uh, uh, no, you know what I do most of the time? I let it be. You know why? Because the next day, it's going to get some pus around it, it's going to get infected, and it's like a zit with a little like treat in there. Uh, <laughs> now that's disgusting, but... <laughs> It's better to remove the, win the splinter than to wait to get, in get infected and have to remove the splinter, right? Even though I often wait anyway. <laughs> Here's the thing. You might as well be honest with God about what's there. Because God's going to deal with it and get it out of there anyway. He already knows. And if you're not honest with God, then you're lying. You've got to repent of that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, you know, it, it's interesting because David... It, uh, if you know the story of David, and we're talking a bit about David because, you know, there's, there's so many psalms that are written by David. And David, in, uh, if you know the story, he, Samuel, you know, first Samuel, you read the story, you know, they go to kind of anoint the new king, and um, <laughs> the Lord says to Samuel, uh, you know, kind of go, send him to this place, and he goes to this guy, guy named Jesse. Jesse's got himself some sons, and, he, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> bad joke, bad joke. Yeah. Some of you get it, some of you don't. Uh, anyway, so Jesse's got himself some sons, and, you know, they all, they all come, and they're, like, they look very kingly, and, like, like man, that dude could be king. He's, like, built and big, and, and you know, good-looking guy, and God's like, nah, that ain't him. Nah, that ain't him. And, and so they're going through all the sons, and, and this is, it says this in, uh, starting in verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know, and ultimately they, 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 they picked David uh, to be king, even though he kind of didn't really look like of all the brothers. In fact, they didn't even invite him to the banquet. Like, all the sons are there, and like, then he goes through all the sons, like, got any more sons? And like, oh, there's one out watching the sheep. We didn't even invite him to the party. <laughs> you know, he's the one, he comes in, he's the one, he becomes King David. Uh, you know, <laughs> and elsewhere in scripture, it calls David the man after God's own heart. Now, I wrestled with this for a long time, because if David's a man after God's own heart, how come he does so many dumb things? He does some good things, because he's human. Well, I'm not, I'm a cyborg. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know. The, uh, but, you know, he, he kind of, he does things, but I think the reason he's still God's, man after God's own heart is even though he does some bad things, we talked about Bathsheba recently, uh, you know, he still has this heart for God, and it's this kind of an attitude of, hey, hey, God, look in me, Google me, search and find within me, and, and, get, and get rid of that stuff. 
It's this willingness to repent and change, this willingness to, to, to be like God wants. Now, we did communion last week. I should have somehow timed it for this, but, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight 28, it says, you know, um, this is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. Uh, the cup. Now, in Corinth, they're talking about the, the selfishness. They were like, you know, uh, basically poor people weren't getting anything. There were factions, all kinds of bad stuff going down with communion. Uh, we'll, we'll get to 1 Corinthians someday. I think we're getting closer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but I, I like that part of the scripture because it's just examine yourself and see if you got this junk. Be, because, you know, even if you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, we, we have to continually examine ourselves and go, hey, do I, do I got junk? You know, remember the, um, you got Jesus, and then one of the people who, like, they haul away your junk for you, they're like, got junk? I'm like, yeah, you do. You got junk. <laughs> and, and, you know, and the thing is, you can be great with God, and then you drift. Now, I like the beach. One of the best things about live in Delaware is you're close to the beach. We don't live at the beach. That would make it even better. Although, when you live at the beach, I lived at the beach. I never went to the beach because I never had time. I was always working so I could live at the beach. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I love the beach, and we, we always go to Dewey um, because my aunt's place, I can park there. Um, and, and it's, it's interesting because I've learned from being a kid when I was younger you know, I would end up down the beach, who knows where. I'd end up in Rehoboth. Like, I'm out in the water with the waves and everything, and then you're like, I don't recognize this at all. And they, all the beaches kind of look similar, and I didn't know this. But I was like two or three lifeguard stands down when I wasn't looking, you know what I mean? And if you're not watching, and depending on the tides, you can end up where? You can end up in Rehoboth. You can end up down at the inlet. Uh, hopefully not on the other side of the inlet. But you, you kind of you get swept either way over time when you're not paying attention. And so now I come out and I have to, I look at, I look at okay, where's, there's a lifeguard stand. There's, you know, we, we don't use an umbrella. We, we, park, we always like park ourselves kind of by somebody with something obnoxious that is easy to find. There's these people that have this big canopy thing. Like we were down there last weekend, that's, we always got near the canopy. Not that we like those people. They may have been fine people. I don't know. If they're watching this, we like you. But they had an annoying canopy that was really big, and I could always find it. Because then I, then I had, uh, like, something I could focus on and know I didn't drift. And, here, and spiritually, we drift. If we're not careful, if we're not focused, we drift left, we drift right. I, and, and, like, everything in the world is kind of like the waves. They're pushing you here and there. And if you're not careful, you drift. We all drift. And our hearts drift with the tide of the culture if we don't correct. We need to be open to letting God clean us up, reorienting us. These verses, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me in the path of everlasting life. Yep, I'm not one to create, like, things you have to pray every day, but this one might be good for a week for you. Yep, pray that. Is there stuff in me that needs to get gone? Because, you know, it's kind of like your house. Clutter just kind of happens. And then you're like, why is there all this mail here? <laughs> Whose shoes are these? Why does one person need this many shoes? I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> um, Philippians 2.15 2, says, Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world of crooked and perverse people. You know, we live differently when we follow Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5, uh, ESV says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture, actually I switched to the NLT, I just realized. <laughs> Originally I was going to do ESV. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And, and so we live differently when we follow Christ. 
Now, if you're not a believer, God wants a relationship with you. And it's simple as admitting uh, that that we need a Savior, admitting that we got all this junk, uh, and then believing, putting our faith and trust in Him, and then committing to live differently, committing to follow Him. Because following Jesus is not just saying, I got, I'm, I'm pretty jacked up, but it's, I'm jacked up and I want to live differently. You know, the, the word repent means to kind of turn around. I always want to say a 360, but then you're in a, a, a 180. I have to think about my protractor and base. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, but it, it's going from one direction to the other. Because you're walking in one direction, going in one way, but then we go in the other way. And, and we live this different life. And if you're a believer, God's love sh- for us, despite our brokenness, should humble us. Because we get kind of cocky and religious about things sometimes. We think we got it all together. <laughs> you know, they, they had names for those people. Pharisees. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and but is God knowing us should also comfort us. Because God loves us despite knowing everything about us. Most of us don't want anybody to know everything about us. God knows everything and even some things we don't realize and still loves us. And ultimately, this should encourage us to live for him.